0: Endocannabinoid system, CBD. Anandamide.
1: Endocannabinoid deficiency, THC, CBG, cannabis, Bliss molecule. Coming
0: soon from the American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine, AGEM Live.
1: Hello, this is AGEM Live, where we interview physicians on the front lines of endocannabinoid medicine and the scientists behind the industry's top research trials.
2: Hello, this is AGEM Live, and I am Dr. Jehan Marku, AGEM's founding editor in chief, with a special and unique guest today, Dr. Stasio Woodcock, a clinical cannabis pharmacist.
0: This is Larry Luxner, Special Correspondent in Israel. I'm in Jerusalem today talking with Dr. Adi Aran, Director of the Neuropediatric Unit at Share Tzedek Medical Center. Dr. Aran is a prominent Israeli expert on the endocannabinoid system.
1: Hello, this is Am HM Live and I am Meg Block Roloff. AGM's Senior Managing Editor with a very special guest today, Dr. Jahan Marku, a molecular... My name is friend.
0: Kenny Watkins. I'm the Brand Director for AGM.
2: I'm Dr. Leslie Apgar, Agems Editor-in-Chief.
0: A podcast for physicians and healthcare professionals. Whenever it's a child, I would prefer an oral or sublingual application. It, it bypasses first pass metabolism so you don't have to worry as much about drug interactions. Um, it's easier to control a dose if it's a measured spray or a calibrated dropper. And usually they can add flavor so that the child's going to be willing to take it. I think... Edibles—you have to be really careful with because they look like candy, and we don't want kids thinking their medicine is candy. That can lead to overdoses and liver issues and things of that
2: nature. One thing that cannabinoids do not do is affect the centers of the brain that control respiration. That's what opioids do, and that's why people uh, die from an opioid overdose—is it suppresses breathing. And cannabinoids are not associated with causing fatal respiratory depression or respiratory issues. I mean, if you're smoking, yeah, smoking anything is gonna make you Mm -hmm. cough and things like that, but typically that is almost unheard of.
0: How do you convince people who might be skeptical that cannabis actually works for their condition?
1: So once I explain that there is an endocannabinoid system, this uh, master neuromodulating system, and explain how cannabis works, and how cannabis can be used with or without the impairing effect, which for some patients is a benefit, for others it would prohibit use. Most patients feel very comfortable trying it. I think that the secret to starting cannabis is starting it in a way where you're going to get symptom relief, but you're not going to get the adverse effects that some people experience from THC, and it's not hard to do.
0: The patient that's getting help, the patient that wasn't finding relief through pharmaceuticals who now has an option, and now have people like yourself to actually be able to talk to in a medical sense about dosing, about drug-drug interactions. I mean, the fastest growing group of folks engaging with cannabis for the first time, as you know, is the elderly. Right. And they're also the the group that are on the most exactly. amount of different medications no, the worst mm-hmm. so that opportunity for drug drug interactions is here with this group mm-hmm. they absolutely need somebody to take yeah. them by the hand and mm-hmm. say like okay let's take a look at your medications you're on well oh you're on blood thinners yeah maybe cannabis might not be well, such let's a stay good Stay away idea. from the high dose mm-hmm. right
2: it sounds like you're saying doctors should ask about all all substances that someone is using, legal or not, before surgery?
1: I, I think so, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think that we're in these lanes and doctors treat a patient, an individual patient, right? And so that individual, when you're taking that person into surgery, you want to know who you're putting you know under anesthesia. And the more you understand that patient, the comorbid conditions, other medications, even herbals that they're using the more successful that surgery will be, maybe with less complications. But that's not to say we don't collect that data. To date, we're not collecting it in a systematic way. And I am i am actually, the physicians in my network, we're starting to collect that data on all their patients because it is important. Cannabis is, is much more accessible. And so many more patients are trying it, using it. So we need to understand it.
2: For me as a scientist, I was not really aware of the uh, opportunities to use cannabis for medical purposes. I've, I've changed my, my position and I say, okay, why not um, um, legalize it and open the market? Um, I can see many countries that already follow this, uh, uh, this way of legalization and in parallel with legalization, we need to educate. We need to educate the population about the use of cannabis in order not to be intoxicated by by the drug, right? Without proper education, I don't think that legalization should be approved in Israel, but we, of course. Why is this
0: subject so important to
2: you?
1: We believe that uh, cannabis is under exploit in terms of medical activity. We think that uh, cannabis might be a base uh, for development of new um, therapeutic products, new medicine for the treatment of different medical indications.
2: It's such a weird disconnect that somebody's asking a question about a plant that's been around for 50 million years or whatever. <laughs> and uh, shouldn't we know a little bit about something that is right. almost ubiquitously used right. throughout the globe? Mm-hmm.
0: Coming soon from the American Journal of Endocannabinoid Medicine, AGM Live. We have an opportunity to really change things, and that's what's exciting to me. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more info, visit the website, ajendomed.com.